Good morning, Raider fans, and welcome to the Raider Nation podcast, and welcome to the Miami Dollfish versus the Oakland Raiders pregame show. Before I get to the show, I'd like to thank a couple people and give some shouts out to Randy Olson, who has been the backbone of the Raider Nation podcast. He's responsible for all the content on the site. I just want to thank you, Randy. You are truly awesome and a good friend. He sits right next to me at the games. We're out there every Sunday. Raider Nation here would also like to thank all the fans for listening and wish everyone in the Raider Nation a happy Thanksgiving and be safe out there. And God bless all of you and your families. I have a special request from Sergeant Major Rodriguez from the pictures that are on the the front of the uh, webpage. This guy's from Iraq. He spent a year in hell. He's coming back to Buffalo, New York, his home, and his fondest wish, his biggest wish, is to see the Jets play the Raiders in New York. And I've been trying to get a hold of people to get this guy some tickets. If anyone can help out in this endeavor, it would be wonderful. Uh, you can contact me at Raider Nation Podcast, www.raidernationpodcast.com, or you can go to my personal email, firemang at packbell.net. Either way, let's help a brother out here. Let's get some tickets for this Raider fan that hasn't seen a game, let alone uh, a live game, in over a year for sure. Um, so let's help uh, this guy. Sergeant Major Rodriguez, a fellow brother, a a fellow Raider in the Raider Nation. Okay, today's show will be, we're going to talk about Nick Saban and Norv Turner. Both of them are in the hot seat. We're going to talk about the Hall of Fame, because it's coming up, Raider fans. And we're also going to talk about the Raiders-Dolphin, one of the oldest rivalries in football. Because a lot of people don't remember how how much a rivalry it was because we think about the AFC West but the Raiders and the Dolphins have a long history of tough games uh, in the 60s and the 70s that were just brutal and one of them called of course one of the greatest games ever played and I'll go over that in just a, a bit but first I want to talk to you guys about Nick Saban he is the coach of the Miami Dolphins and he is on the super hot seat he is on the nuclear blast hot seat because I thought Norv was, but this guy here is taking all kinds of heat. You know, I thought Norv was in the hot seat, but compared to Saban, Norv is cooler than a Frappuccino. Let me tell you, he has nothing to worry about compared to what Saban has to worry about. <clears throat> Saban came out when he took over the Dolphins. He was breathing fire and talking about championship, team effort, and commitment. Okay. Now he's talking about it's everybody's fault that we're losing, poor execution, and then, of course, he has pep talks about how we should do better. Uh, Dolphins history, he talks about how they should become champions. Now, he may forget this, but I didn't forget this. Nick Saban, in his last press conference, talked about how it's not about this game. It's not even about this season. And he doesn't care about winning. And he doesn't care about the victory at all because he'll never make it to the playoffs this year. And he's talking about just ex- examining players and seeing who wants to be around here for next season because they're, <clears throat> I have to gag this out, they're rebuilding. 
Now, he got ripped by Mike Ditka and ESPN um, for saying this kind of thing. You don't say that in the middle of the season. You don't say that when, even when you're 3-6, and six, you don't say it. And then when you're 3-7, and seven, you don't say it. You don't say it until after the season's over. And even then, I would hesitate to say that it doesn't matter if you have a victory on any given day or any given thing because it is so important for these guys, the character of the team, to be molded. You you mold the character of the team this season. And as a head coach, if you give up, that's what these guys are going to see. Nick Saban, what a bomb you dropped on your team. Okay, now he wants. He's talking about he needs to find out which players want to be on his team next year. Boy, if I was a owner, I wouldn't want him on my team next year. Yuck! What a phrase. We're starting to rebuild. I am so glad that Al Davis never uses the words rebuilding in what he talks about when he talks about the Oakland Raiders, because Al reloads our team. He doesn't rebuild our team. And that, my friends, is a blessing to all of us in the Raider Nation. Nick Saban, you got a good possibility you're going to be out. He did sign a five-year contract, though. And, uh, well, I feel bad for those guys because you know North Turner ain't going to be saying any of that. Al will go down there with the big boot and boot him right out of the doggone press box. <clears throat> okay, Hall of Fame. This has been a pet peeve of mine since I found out about what the Hall of Fame was. The Canton, Ohio mecca for great NFL players. Once again, the Hall of Fame geniuses, the sports writers of the world, unite. Now, it's unfortunate that the sports writers are the ones who vote in the Hall of Famers. And let me just share my opinions with you um, about the Hall of Fame a little later on here in this particular show. We have three players and coach John Madden that made it to the last the cut, last cut of 25. The players, Kenny Stabler, Ray Guy, best punter ever, Lester, I always smile Hayes, who's credited for changing the NFL rules for coverage of wide receivers by DBs. Those guys right there are a core of players and coaches. That coach that in every way deserves a bronze statue in the Hall of Fame. I've said it before, players, not sports writers, should be voting in the players for the Hall of Fame. Who else knows the character of the team? Who else knows the character of the coach? Who else knows who they've played against in the NFL? The players should be the ones who vote the doggone players in the Hall of Fame. I won't go on to with it again, but it just flips me out. For this hollowed position in the NFL's history, that sports writers are the ones who choose it. Okay. Of all of the men that are on this list, the ones that deserve it are certainly these four. John Madden, of course, great sports announcer and great Raider coach has deserved it for years. Along with great players of the past, it's a shame that uh, the way that it's set up here is that it's a five-year deal. If you're out of this NFL for five years, you can be considered for the Hall of Fame. Now, 
that sounds, you know, like it's good and everything, but just for example, Steve Young, excuse me, which was a great quarterback, he did great things for the, the 49ers, but he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Now, compare Steve Young to Kenny Stabler or even Jim Plunkett. Is there any comparison? No comment from the media, that is. But that's enough said by me. It's a it's a blatant, obvious, you know, media frenzy, and the geniuses of the sports writing world get together and figure out who their favorite person is, I guess. Not based on play, not based on talent, obviously. Um, it's a shame that there are great players that are in the Hall of Fame, but um, there's a lot of guys that don't get in because these bonehead sports writers don't know what they're writing about. Most of them are still wet behind the ears, and a lot of them have no history, even though they'd like to think so. Um, as you've seen from my Asshole of the Month awards, all of them have been sports writers. That's all I'm going to say about that. Good luck to all you guys that are in the Hall of Fame uh, running, the, the uh, Ken Stabler, Lester Hayes, Ray Guy, and John Madden. My only hope is that at least one of you guys get in, but I know and the Raider Nation knows that all of you deserve a place and a bronze statue there in the Hall of Fame. Okay, so the Dolphins, the Dolphish. This is for you, Johnny Schnell. I work at the Berkeley Fire Department. The Dolphish, old rivalries that used to be just brutal back in the 70s and 80s. The AFC playoff game in 1974, Raiders versus Dolphins, was called by Kurt Gowdy the greatest game he had ever seen. It was called the Sea of Hands, and it went down as history with one of the best. It was Shula versus Madden, Bob Greasy versus Kenny Stabler. And, of course, need I say more, Raiders won the game 28 to Dolphins 26. There's been a long history with the Dolphins versus the Raiders. The AFC is a lot of times back in the 70s, 60s, and 70s had to go through the South, the Florida, the Dolphish to get to the championship because they had some powerhouse teams, and so did the Oakland Raiders. Now, I looked at the stats of the Dolphin Raiders. I looked at their website, and they're trying to conjure up some stats. Um, uh, one of them here, the fish, uh, like the fish say. Uh, the, they've held the Raiders in the last 10 games to 17 or fewer points. Well, that's a stat, you know. <laughs> that's one of those stats you can skew any which way. It's kind of funny. It was kind of funny watching it because the Dolphish are in an emotional hole. These guys, if you look at even their video clips on their site, it makes me feel bad for them because they are where we were uh, under Callahan the last season he was here. The, the locker room is dismal. Their season is weak. Their coach has given up. Uh, now they have a decent defense, and they could play well if they had some heart underneath them, and they're not getting that from their coach. The offense is weakened with a rotation of QBs of the week that they don't know who's going to be throwing the ball. It kind of reminds me of the 49ers. It's the QB, QB du jour 
as they may say. But the fact remains, the coach gave up on the team, and it shows it shows it's a dramatic showing, and it shows exactly my point in what happens when a coach gives up and what happens to the team when a coach gives up. Now, our defense is going to just have to play just like they've been playing, with intensity and flying all over the field. Go after the ball, go after the QB du jour, and get on them and make that, make that hit. And turnover, turnover, turnovers, we should be able to make it with this offense. And with our offense, play more consistency in the first and the second quarter and put some points on the board because with this team, if you get ahead of them by a couple touchdowns, you should be able to take them down um, just because of the way their spirit is right now. Now, North Turner... Great job last week in splitting up the run-pass situation. Let's do that again this this game. Let's also have some imagination and some plays. Let's not be so predictable. Um, throw some other things in there. That'd be good to do, Norv, if you know what I mean. This is not a for-sure win. This is a game of football. And any given Sunday, any team can beat any other team. And it sounds cliche-ish. I know it does. But I will also say this, it is a fact, because when the underdog comes in and the underdog's hungry, the under, underdog can chew your legs off and take you down. And that can happen to the Oakland Raiders if they're not prepared for this game. We're not in a position where we can take these guys for granted. We're not even close to being in a position where we can take these guys for granted because they're hungry and they see with our team there's a possibility of a victory. So, even though their team is demoralized, even though I've said all these things about their team, because it's all true, what I've told you is a fact. doesn't matter come Dame Day, because it just takes a couple of leaders in the locker room to turn things around, and a couple of good plays on the field to give them hope, and then it's on, baby. So it's not a for sure thing. What I'm trying to tell you fans is, get your ass to the game so we can have a crowd there, so we can cheer on our cheer on our Oakland Raiders, because this is a rival. This is an AFC rival that deserves to be worked over by the black hole. So, please be there and give them the typical Oakland welcome to the Coliseum with the single finger salutes and the bare asses, as you know. When the bus comes in, let's show them all the Raider love. Because there should be a couple of Dollfish fans there, too. You know you got to give them the Raider love, too. So, until I might have another podcast on Saturday. I don't know. I'm going away for Thanksgiving. So, that's why this podcast is a little bit early. And it's early in the morning for me. So, if it was hacked up, I apologize. I'm doing my best, folks. Like I said before, you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Have a great time. And Raider Nation Podcast will be back for either a short pregame show on Saturday. Most likely it will be a postgame show on Monday or Tuesday. So, Ritter Nation, God bless you all. Be safe. All you guys overseas, God bless you guys. And you guys be safe for sure. And uh, those are for our fighting men and women in the armed services. God bless and keep you. This is Raider Greg from the Ritter Nation Podcast. I am out. Out.